The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> Welcome to the Points in the Paint Podcast, sponsored by Stadium. Stadium's number one NBA podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Points Paint. It's Ben Wittenstein. It's Zach Badgerhouse, always in the house. What's going on, Ben? Boy, what's going on, man? You know, I'm excited. We got playoff basketball. We've been, like, building it out for the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And finally here, playoff basketball tonight as of this podcast being released. We got the playing games. We got the playoffs starting over the weekend. Man, this is this is the best time. This is the best time to be an NBA podcast. Oh, yeah. This is when you definitely lock in right here and catch all of these episodes the best way you can. You know what I'm saying? And see our video clips. You know, like you said, add points, pain, wherever. You know what I'm saying? Points in the pain podcast. You know, how, however you get your podcast, we're available. You know what I mean? Oh, Follow yeah. us. You know what I'm saying? Add points, pain. We're doing it big and we're going to take it to a whole new level, too, with the playoffs getting right here underway. And we, But we first got to talk about them playing games because, ooh, we. Yeah, I'm tingling, Zach. I'm getting all tingling. Ain't that what you do? Ooh, that's what you do, right? I'm getting all tingling. It's great. I'm excited. (laughs) That's what the NBA does. Uh, All right, let's do it. Let's just start with our one big thing of the week. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. Uh, My one big thing of the week, as you said, is the playing games. And I just wanted to bring this up because I want to reiterate, Zach, for everyone in the back, the playing games are a good thing. Yes, they are. I don't know why people think it's bad. I don't know why people dislike them. It's great television. It's great drama. It's good for the NBA. And by the way, it's fun. Like, it's a good time. I don't know why anyone would dislike it. Yeah, I think the only game of the four games, like the first four, first set of games, the only one that people may worry about in terms of interest would be the uh, San Antonio Spurs New Orleans Pelican game. You know, that would be the game that people seem to not care so much about. I personally believe that's going to be a good game. You know, say when you sure. look at it, we look at it from a matchup perspective and for those who think that the game is going to be coming on too late, if you live <laughs> central, if you live central time, the game's going to come on at like 7:30, so it's going to be 8:30 Eastern time. So come on. Exactly. So that's not too late at all. For anyone to watch that game, you know what I'm saying? You get to watch a Deontay Murray try to, you know what I'm saying, secure the bag and go to the next, the next game for the playing tournament. Then you got CJ McCollum coming over and you got to look at the Pelicans, right? They weren't even in that scenario a month oh. and a half ago. They were sitting well out of the playing scenario. You know, so they were like the 12th seed, maybe even the 13th seed. And CJ McCollum came over there and helped Brandon Ingram out and not even got Zion in the same city again. So yeah. you know, the future's going to be a little brighter for the Pelicans. And we're going to see what's going to happen against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, it's going to be the playing games are going to be very fun. And I mean, if you want to, if you want to put our reputation on the line here, do we want to make predictions for the playing games, at least the, the playing games tonight, Tuesday night, for these 7-8 seed games? 
Well, for me, you know, said so I think that the Hornets are going to lose to the Atlanta Hawks because I feel like in this situation, the Atlanta Hawks have been in tough situations before just because of the playoffs and how they were able to get, you know, pretty far and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. I just personally believe that they're going to have the experience to uh, win that game, but that's going to be, that's going to be a hell of a ball game. I don't really expect, and we'll get to get to this later. I don't expect a whole lot of points. Like a lot of people may expect because of the the under. Yeah, the atmosphere that's going to be transpiring uh, tonight. You know, all the marbles and all the chips in one game. I don't think it's going to be just a high up and down yeah. game. So we'll see. I like how you think. I like how you think. That totals a 236 and a half. Mm-hmm. You'd, have, you'd have to look at that number and say, that's too high. I kind of <laughs> with you there. I like that. I'll ride the under with you. But the games we have, we got Cavs, Nets, Clippers, Timberwolves. The line for the Nets game is Brooklyn minus eight and a half. Uh, the Timberwolves are like minus three and a half. As of this recording, they're probably going to move a little bit by the time this comes out. But I will tell you, Zach, I think the Nets win. I think the Cavs can cover. But I, I kind of think the Clippers can beat the Timberwolves. And I don't yeah, want that to happen. I don't, I don't want that to happen. And I want <laughs> T-Wolves. I want Ant. I want him to do well. I want to see Carl Anthony Towns play in a playoff series. But the Clippers, man, with Paul George, have been uh, a different animal than the Clippers pre-Paul George. Oh, yeah. They're like 6-1 and one since he's returned to the lineup, you know what I'm saying, PG-13. And like I said, they just played with so much more confidence. And we talked about them last week. You know, they added much more depth with Norman Powell and Robert Covington. And then you have, the, you know what I'm saying, the confidence in Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, like I mentioned Zubak before, like the Morris bro. Like that team has a lot of a lot of different pieces that can do a lot of different things, Los Angeles Clippers. And they still don't have Kawhi Leonard, man. Like ain't that no. so crazy? Like, like Ty Lue was able to will this team. To, a, to potentially be in the playoffs with just like Paul George being in, being available half the season basically. And so like, you gotta give kudos to Tyron Lue. And I'm, I hate to say it, but I just hope that their, uh, season comes to an end. <laughs> at least, yeah. at, at least making sure that the, um, the Timberwolves at least get in. They get that seventh seed. Yeah, to get that seventh spot. Yeah. That's the matchup we really want to see. Yeah. And, and I could argue. I'm fine arguing about Ty Lue, where he stands as a head coach in the league, you know, top 10, top 15, whatever you want. I'll argue that. But I will not argue that he is probably top five in terms of in-game adjustments as a coach. He makes incredible adjustments mid-game for his team uh, that has won them multiple games. It does them well in the playoffs. So that is going to come into play against a young Timberwolves team, mm-hmm. young coach. You know, it's it's a first experience for a lot of these T-Wolves. And you got the veteran Clippers, veteran Paul George, a coach that knows how to make adjustments on the fly. And you see them as underdogs. I kind of like the Clippers, Zach. Kind of like yeah. the Clippers in this one. And I hope the T-Wolves, if they're going to lose this one, I hope they win the next to at least get that eighth seed. But if the Clippers and Timberwolves can both make the playoffs, I'll be happy. I'll be a happy man. Yeah, that'll work out. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's um so those were our predictions. I mean, I think it's gonna be the Nets, I think it's gonna be the Clippers. I, I agree with you on the Hawks. Spurs Pels, that's gonna be the hardest game of the of the day on yeah. Wednesday to for me to bet, for me to predict. I, I I'm gonna probably go with the Spurs, but I can be swayed. 
I can take CJ. I can go on, I can go on a limb and take CJ in this game because, you know, CJ has had like big moments in the playoffs when he was playing for the Portland Trailblazers. You know what I'm saying? He's made big shots in, you know, crucial times, especially against the Denver Nuggets in that series. And so, (laughs) and so when you look at it like that, I think they can get it done in advance to the next game. And like you said before with the Cavs, you know what I'm saying? I don't think they'll be able to win the game, but I think they can cover. However, I think if they were fully healthy, it might be things may be a little different. You know, so Cleveland might be able to, to lock in. I think they may have enough defense if they were fully healthy that you know, say keep that game closer. I bet that line would be a little tighter and an eight and a half if they were fully healthy. It'd probably be like four and a half, three and a half. So, you know, they they got the Cleveland Cavaliers. They caught a tough break. All right, let's go to your one big thing because your one big thing is something that we talked about sitting together over the weekend. And we were like, oh, we are, we're ready to pull this out on the podcast. Oh yeah, pulling out the boxing gloves today. Yeah, and it's a question. It's a question that I think is a valid question to ask. I don't even think it's a question. I I think it's. I got my, I got my notebook out. I got my pen. I'm ready to write these down. Look at the stats. Look at the numbers. Look at what everything says. But what is the one big thing? What's the big question that we were looking at this 76ers team? What did we have to ask? Well, for me. It became a statement more so than a question. And so I just flat out believe that, you know, my one big thing, OBT, is Joel Embiid won't win MVP because of James Harden. And now you look at his numbers with and without James Harden, you can, oh, you say, okay, so Harden, with Harden, his numbers improved and the record wasn't really that bad. But the eye test to tell you, well, okay. And then the narrative behind, the narrative behind Joel Embiid winning MVP is the biggest thing. Because before the, 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 uh, James Harden trade, the narrative behind Embiid winning MVP was the fact that Ben Simmons was not on the team, not available. So that's a missing all-star piece that he does not have. And he was out there putting up great numbers. He was the lead leader in scoring this year. And so when you have all of that prior to James Harden <laughs> arriving and then he arrives, it's like he, it's like Harden took away the shine that Joel Embiid had already had in terms of MVP candidacy because he had the, like you said, He's, his numbers improved. They were actually yeah. able to improve with Harding getting there. And the record didn't really blemish too much. But defensively, you could see it. Like, they struggled on defense with James Harden being out there. They struggled with James Harden in terms of him being out there with the bench players. Like, you saw that they were able to keep games either closer than normal or they were flat out losing some of those key games down the stretch. Yeah of the NBA season. And so when you look at it from that perspective and you got Nikola Jokic on the other side, he's just riding that same wave. He's been riding not too high, not too low. You know what I'm saying? Keeping everything afloat in Denver without his best players. That's why, you know what I'm saying? Right now he's the favorite to win MVP Nikola Jokic, but I would yeah, go it, so well. <laughs> it's interesting because when you brought this up and you're thinking about it without like looking at anything, you're like that makes too much sense because by the all-star break people were saying Embiid's gonna win MVP Embiid's the leader he's been putting up 50 burgers every single night this guy's a monster he's a machine he's leading the top team in the NBA in the 76ers all-star break comes they get James Harden Harden comes on the team and we looked at the numbers Embiid's numbers went up his points per game his rebounds per game his field goal percentage went above 50 percent the team's record was has been 14 and 8 since he joined, uh, which is a little bit below their record winning percentage before the All-Star break. Um, but I've, I've been just trying to look at some of these 
And you talked about the team defense, which I thought was was really interesting. And it does look like the defense for the 76ers did go down at the second half of the All-Star break, um, which makes sense when you're looking at who they added and James Harden. James Harden. I'm going to tell you that. You don't need no numbers. You don't don't need no numbers to tell you. You watch them games. James Harden out there ain't playing no defense. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I mean, their defensive rating was 109 before the All-Star break. It went up to 112 after the All-Star break with Harden. So they're playing worse defense. The team is losing games which they should win. And so I think all of that put together kind of hurt MB because he played the same. He played the same way that he played in the first half of the season. He was putting up, as we said, even better numbers. So it is kind of weird that after the addition of Harden, he falls in the favorites for the MVP. People talk about him less. Now, I don't know if that's because Jokic was just playing his butt off. And the guy's been putting up insane, crazy numbers in the second half of the season. And that's what made people notice. And they see what Denver's doing without any stars except for Jokic. That might be why Jokic is getting the talk, but it is kind of weird that, but you that see how it makes sense. How you, goes down. You see how you said that, though, and how that makes sense. It's like before Joel Embiid had James Harden, it was just Joel doing what he had to do. Tobias, you know what I'm saying, little flashes here and there. Tyrese Maxey, he's growing, you know what I'm saying, becoming a better player in year two. But, like, before then, like, it was this Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic were literally the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other throughout the season because they were literally playing lights yeah. out. They both were. And the simple fact that James Harden joined the Philadelphia 76ers basically cost Joel Embiid the MVP because they added another all-star. Like, that's blasphemy. It's like addition from subtraction or something. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I'm trying to look at some of the 50-point games that he put up. He had a 50-point game pre-all-star break January 19th. Um, and then post all star break, there you go. He did it for you. Post all star break, he had one 43 point game. He had a 44 and then a 45 at the end of the season on a for the 41 point game. So he had a couple 40 point games after the all star break, but before the all star break, man, I mean, he was, it was that stretch in late January, early February, a 50 point game followed by a 40 point game followed by a 38, then a 42. Like it was consistent. He's in his bag. And then after the All Star break, I mean, he had he had a game two games in a row where he scored twenty two points. So I mean, that type of thing was maybe because the addition of Harden. It's entirely possible, and honestly, probably probable that the addition of Harden, less usage for Embiid, less need for him to be the main scorer on the team, his points go down. So he doesn't like show up on ESPN every night scoring fifty points, forty points, getting triple doubles. You know, you're not going to show up on ESPN when you have a 27-point game, then followed by a 22, then another 22, then 43, but then another 27. So, like, he wasn't making headlines, and if you're not making headlines, people forget about you. They see Nikola Jokic going off, because this is kind of when he started going off towards the end of February, early March, through March. He's taking all the headlines now. That's where it all flips. That's where the that's where the storylines flip. That's where people's mindsets flip. That's where the voters' mindsets. The flip. narrative changes. I just that's gave happens. you the narrative. Ben Sim, no Ben Simmons. Joel can go off MVP front runner. They added James. Oh my God, they added <laughs> Harden, bro. He cost Joel and B the MVP because. Nothing, those stats you just mentioned for Joel Embiid would like without, without James Harden probably wouldn't even hinder, probably wouldn't even hinder Joel Embiid as a front runner. Well, because I'll tell you this. Without Harden, he's not scoring. Similar, 
similar numbers as well. He's probably, he's had plenty of games where he's probably only scored 22, uh, 12 rebounds, eight assists or something like that. Like there's plenty of Nikola Jokic numbers like that. You know what I'm saying? Nikola Jokic MVP numbers from one season ago didn't really change that much from this season. Like they're pretty much the same. I believe he averages like two or three more rebounds and like another a point and a half. Like nothing really changed. He's still, you know what I'm saying? Nikola Jokic the same. Like, so it's like, it's so funny because it's like Giannis. Giannis has done the same thing for like four straight years. But here we are. We put Nikola Jokic at the top because I guess it got to be something different. I guess somebody got to have something different. But a back-to-back MVP for Nikola Jokic, that's tough, man. Like there's just there's other players that was, that was definitely deserving. It seemed like it was Embiid's to lose. Uh, and he had control of the MVP narrative for months. And for some reason, I don't know. If it was maybe James Harden, I mean, I'm, I am, listen, I'm more than happy to blame James Harden for Joel Embiid not getting his MVP. I am more than happy to put that load on his back. Uh, but if for now, it's going to probably be Jokic. He's the favorite. Probably voters going to vote for him. It's amazing that he's going to win, maybe win two in a row because like you said, people get tired. Voters like to go with the narrative and the narrative of Joel Embiid is going to win his first MVP. I mean, this is going to be the season. He's been balling out. He's getting 50 points. He's getting 40 points in multiple games in a row. The guy's going to do it. And then James Harden comes along. Usage goes down a little bit, putting up similar numbers, but he's not putting up ESPN every single night on Sports Center 40, 45 point numbers. And he kind of fades out of the spotlight for some reason. And the 76ers start losing games they probably shouldn't. I think that also kind of hurt, too, when there's these games where they should win, they didn't win. People say, oh, well, that's Joel's fault because he's the guy. He's the 76er. He's but the main guy. Him. It was number. It was number one. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't 21. It was number one. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's do uh, let's do prison time. Right to jail. And I don't know what the hell is going on because you put surprise for prison time. Yep. Cause you want to so know what's the prison time. You want to know who's going in prison this week? <laughs> I'm scared. What is it? Are you scared? You really should be. You should yeah. be terrified because oh, no. the person going in prison this week is not an NBA player. He's never played a one minute, one second of NBA basketball in his life. He's never coached an NBA. I mean, I haven't either, but the person <laughs> that will be going in prison this week is Ben Winstein. Ben <laughs> Winstein how did I know this was coming? Ben Winstein is getting, it's gotta be in, gotta be in prison this week. Gotta throw him in there. Gotta throw wow. him in there. You just gotta throw you in there because Do I get like a get out of jail free card on myself. Uh, is that allowed? I don't think it works that way. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. But listen, wow. I got to throw you in there off the simple fact that, listen, you believe that Nikola Jokic is the front runner. And I done told you time and time again and I gave you plenty of examples and plenty of situations how that you can give off two to three. There's so many MVP candidates. Devin Booker should be a, a, a top three candidate. Like, he won't be. And that's just so disrespectful to him because it's like, what – does Devin Booker have to do to get recognition on the Phoenix Suns as long as he's been in, in the NBA, like going back to where he couldn't even get in the All-Star and he had All-Star numbers. They said he wasn't winning enough. Then he was winning and that wasn't enough. He had to get reserved. He had to get picked up from someone getting an injury. Like it's just been so much disrespect towards Devin Booker throughout his career, whether it's uh, in All-NBA, whether it's All-Star. And now it's he's the number one. T- he's got the number one. Team in the NBA. 
And he's the best player on that team. 25, 5, and 5. Won't get no recognition. He'll be the only player that won't get no top three recognition for that award. And that's just so disrespectful. Luca, your man's. That's your man's. Luca. They turn that team around, and he is the reason why. You can give me all the advanced numbers with him because he got all the usage in the world over yep. there in Dallas. And so, like, and then you got Jason Tatum and what they did. Talk about talk about a stretch. If you want to talk about an MVP stretch, we can talk about Jason Tatum and what they did sitting out of the playoffs. They were in the play-in and turned their season completely around. And again, like I said before, Nikola Jokic, he just did what he did last year. Nothing changed except he didn't have his best players. But the fact that, and this is what I don't like too, no one's giving the players on the Denver Nuggets credit to stepping up as if he just went out there with some garbage with some garbage cans, like Aaron Gordon's well, scrub. Well, and he's not, not Aaron a scrub. Gordon. Aaron, Grubb, Aaron Gordon, not a scrub. Will Barton, Will, Will, Will Barton, not a scrub. Like, And then... I saw somebody tweet this too. And you may not like this, but this is why I'm throwing you in prison because you 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 disregard this. Remember when Nikola Jokic basically damn near killed the Morris, bro? And he ain't really get no penalty. He ain't really got one game suspension for that. Yeah, he was retaliating. Retaliating. He damn near. You know how long the Morris bro was out? He was out for it's all season. He, yeah, yeah, he was out for months for that. Like weak neck. That, that, wow. Like, that, <laughs> like that's just like. And it's like, you're going to give him MVP with that antic right there? Like, I can't, I'm going to be picky. I'm going to be nitpicky. Like, nope, I wouldn't give it to him. Like People you know, people you, did forget about that real fast. Like, you but I think it was because it was, a, it was a reaction. It wasn't, he didn't just, like, push him out of nowhere. He wasn't like. No, he, he didn't start it, but he for damn sure finished it. He did finish it. <laughs> like, Listen, he, he finished he's got to finish he it. finished him. No, he got to finish it. He, fi- he was out for months. I can't be he out was. here giving MVP to a player that's damn near paralyzing a basketball player. I can't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's why I got to throw you in prison because you ain't you think about stand, stuff like that. You got to stand by your principles. You know, I, I respect it. I think Jokic is going to win. I think he deserves to win. But, again, I think there are four five, probably four candidates that you could realistically give MVP. I told you, Jokic would be and fourth. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't get arguments out of me. I don't think Jokic is going to be fourth. I he think if De- no, Yeah, on my list, he's fourth. He'd sure, be fourth. but I think if Devin Booker was averaging 30 points a game instead of 26, I think he's Four points, that's lousy. More points. More points. He's averaging 26 Dude, compared to the best record 31. in the NBA. That's fine, but he needs to average more points. No, he's he got doesn't. They got the best record in the NBA. In the NBA, not just the West, the NBA, and they set a franchise record. Like, why are y'all just so disrespectful to Devin Booker? It's insane. It don't make no sense. It really don't. Giannis, we ain't got to talk about Giannis because Giannis has done what he's done, right? Giannis is gonna do. I mean, he should probably win MVP or could win MVP every season if he if he wanted to. He played. I mean, how many games did that guy miss? This not season. that many. Not right? a lot. He's, a, he's an absolute tank. Like this, mm-hmm. this guy just plays and plays and plays, and that's what he does. And he puts up the same, pretty much the same numbers as he does in the past couple seasons. I mean, he's averaging almost thirty points a game. Was it twenty nine? Yeah, he's missed. He's played sixty seven games this season. So you know he's been he's been playing his butt off, and and this guy's averaging almost thirty points a game. He's been doing a lot better. He should be top five MVP voting every single season, probably for the next three or four seasons at the very least. What Jokic has done, and I think a big part of it, too, is the headlines, is he has been in the headlines more in a positive light than Embiid has. 
and he has been playing absurd basketball, and you see the highlights that he has been and that he has created. I hope y'all just hear me shutting these gates, just hearing me shutting these prison, these damn prison cells on this boy right now. <laughs> like, I'm like walking away as he's continuing to give me this Nikola Jokic argument right now. We gotta, <laughs> I gotta stand up for him. My little son, my little doughy boy, Nikola Jokic. I mean, he's probably gonna win. And I'm fine with if they give it to Embiid, I'll be happy. If they give it to Giannis, I'll be happy. If they give it to Booker, I'll be very happy for him. I would be shocked, but I would be very happy for him because Booker, he's the best, like you said, best player on the best team. He should be in the conversation more than he is. And when I asked you if you think he should be MVP, you don't think he should be MVP, though. Top three. Like, top, yes, 100%. he should be a top three candidate. Like, and it's just so top, disrespectful top. that he won't be. Like, he will not be. Like, that's why I said Nikola Jokic would be fourth. It would be MB. It would be MB, Devin Booker, Giannis, Jokic. And that's based it's off. Old. It's not even really bold, though. Like, it's not at all. That's why you in prison, because you think that's <laughs> bold, and it's far from being bold. bold. Devin Booker is the be- got the best record for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA. Like, and he averaged 25, 5, and 5. Like, the only, like everybody who's averaged those numbers with the best record has been an MVP candidate, and he won't be. That's disrespectful. And, like, you got a better record than Nikola Jokic. Like, come on. Every other player that I just named has a better record than Nikola Jokic. The different Nuggets. That's like, true. Like, uh, but again... <laughs> I think the fact that he's not that he's in the not in the playing game, he's securely not in the playing game, and he t- he basically dragged this team. Into he was never in that situation though. Like throughout the season, he was never in the playing scenario. Like the Denver Nuggets are a good team. That's how good he is. That's how good. I mean, I think that's Nuggets good. are too. Like everybody's just acting like they're just throwing out garbage cans out there, and that ain't the case. Well, you I see, mean, you look at on, that roster. Campazzo. You just he a. You can you can name him all you want, but Bones Highland is a baller. He can he's, play. He's been getting Monte Morris, okay, but that man can for sure play. Like Austin Rivers has been on enough teams so us to know that he can play. Like you don't just. Uh, that's but fine. these guys aren't all stars. These guys so are inconsistent. What? Who was an all star for Joel Embiid before James Harden arrival? I'll wait. That's what I'm saying. If Joel if Harden doesn't go on that team, Embiid's the front runner. Then you want to get. Then you want to bring up Chris Paul. Well, I'm sorry, Chris Paul's a good basketball player. I'm sorry, Mikael Bridges is a good basketball player. I'm sorry, DeAndre Ayton is a good basketball player. Like, shit, that ain't. That's what it's, happens. It's not Devin Booker's fault. And then you got Giannis. Oh, everybody goes to well, Chris Middleton. Man, listen, <laughs> Giannis is the reason why they win in basketball games. Nobody else. If you take Giannis off that team, it's a wrap. <laughs> like, it's a wrap. So yeah, same with the Nuggets. Listen, we'll we'll see who ends up winning. It's probably gonna be Nikola, but I'm kind of surprised. You're gonna, be, you're gonna be in jail until they release the MVP. <laughs> until they release the news. Until they release the news on who won the award, you're gonna be in prison. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what the what the voters do. I mean, I'm I am shocked that I will say this. I'm shocked that Jokic is as heavy of a favorite as he is. And honestly. Depending on what the number is for Embiid for MVP, he may not be the worst bet on the number that you can get him. Um, because what you probably get him plus three hundred, you probably get him three to one at this point. I haven't really kept updated on the futures for Embiid, but I think you can get him at a pretty decent number. It's and probably it like probably, plus five hundred or some seven fifty or something crazy now. Yeah, it should be closer than it is. 
I will say that it should be closer. It shouldn't. Jokic shouldn't be running away with it. That's my that's my biggest issue, and that's how you be talking. <laughs> no, I, I think I think Jokic deserves it. I don't think it should be this big of a distance between him and Embiid. Mm-hmm. So, well, I still hear you from the yeah. sale. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's do dunk or deny. And we're dunking. Our dunks are similar. I'm dunking with the Grizzlies just because. I mean, we've been giving them their props all season long, but I think now that the regular season's coming to an end, we really should just, you know, tip our cap, salute. Uh, they are, they've been phenomenal all season long. John Morant's been the most exciting player in the NBA. The team is just like fun. You know, they're, they're, their camaraderie is great. They all get along and they're all young. They play really well. They hit their first quarter team total overs all oh the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a really fun team to watch and root for. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, come playoff basketball time, they're going to collapse. I don't know if that's true or not, but for the regular season, they've been awesome. They've been just, the best. I was going to ask you, like, how, like, because now it's time to, like, okay, all the hee hee, ha ha, rah rah, like, have fun. Yeah, all that, it's over with. We're not, it's time to buckle down now. It's time to get yep. serious, like, game for game, matchup for matchup, one opponent, each series, like, what are you going to do? And this Memphis Grizzlies team is a young team, but they've been young and firing it off all year, even without John Morant in the lineup. I think they won like 22 games out of the 30 games that he missed. Like these, they've played lights out. Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks came back and he had enough confidence and he got his defensive swagger back. Jaron Jackson should be all defensive first team or second team. He definitely should make one of those teams. I'm going to say that right now. Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. should definitely be a defensive player of the year candidate oh, yeah. and should make one of the all defensive uh, first or second teams. I definitely believe that. Then they got my boy Dancer Steven Adams, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know you've been seeing the videos of my boy Steven Adams getting to it. You know what I'm saying? So they got him over there with all the swag down there in Memphis. And so I just want to know how far you really believe this team can go. Could they make a run like the Atlanta Hawks did last year? Uh, I think they can. I think it's in them. I really do. I, I just – I am worried about the youth, but they're not – they don't have to play a playing game. They're kind of comfortable. They have some time to wait it out. Yeah. Wait for their opponent. I think they could very well win a series. I really do. And it'll, I'll be interesting to see how much they're favored against whoever they have to play. Right. Um, but I, I, I do think it is in them because they play really well at home. They're a very good home team. Memphis is a very difficult place to play. They have very loud, passionate fans, as we know from the days of the, the grinded out teams mm-hmm. back good in the ground, 2000s. Um, so that's there. The team is young. They're ready to go. I could see him pull it off, and it, it's weird that you even call it an upset because they're the better seed, but I don't think a lot of people even expect them to make it out of the first round. Which would be really disrespectful to them, and you know what I'm saying? The first round that I really want to see as we transition to what I'm dunking with, and I'm dunking with the potential matchup with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves. T-Wolves, I just need y'all to come through for that 7-8 matchup and go ahead and secure that 7 spot so we can get them young bulls out there, man. Listen, Anthony Edwards and John Morant, man, they know, I know they done played some AAU ball against each other at some point because that's how close of the age range they are to each other. 
other. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We got Anthony Edwards, what, in year two, and then we got John Moran in, what, year three. And so, man, it would be super exciting if we can get that matchup. We got Carl Anthony Towns down low battling against Steven Adams and the likes <laughs> of Jaron Jackson, bro. Like, this this is a matchup that people should, like, crave for in NBA playoffs because the matchups in terms of, like, positions is there. You know what I mean? You're going to have the – Pat Bev's going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> like Patrick Beverly yeah. is like he's gonna be Oof. in the playoffs. So like that's, that's wild. That hilarious, right? Like he could potentially be in the playoffs. As long as he doesn't get teed out, start getting technical fouls or That's true. He did get the tee out. He did get the tee and ejected the last game of the season. Just just like Pat Bev to do something like that, right? Yeah. But then you got you got your boy D'Angelo Russell too, you know what I'm saying? And what he'll be able to provide for the Timberwolves on the other side. Like I said, I mentioned all the players before, Bain and Brooks and Tyus Jones out of nowhere, just growing more and more confidence as he was in the lineup while John Morant was uh, missing time due to injury. And so, man, that's, that's a matchup that I crave for. And I really hope we get that in the first round. They should do one game in that series where they put the rims at 12 feet. And just see if, like, John and Ant can have a dunk off or something at halftime for, for the game. Because those two guys are going to jump out of the gym. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really fun if that is a series. Bet the over in all the games. The pace is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> it's going to be going back and forth, back and forth the entire game. It's That would be a really fun series. And I think if you're, like, an, actually, if you're an NBA fan and you like, like, knowing what the future of the NBA is going to be, that's the series you want to see. Because that's – you got the future. You got the future – Super athletic, Anthony Edwards. You probably got the future superstar in John Moran. And you got the future role players who could probably be all-stars. And like you said, with Dylan Brooks and all those guys. So you've got a lot of fun players to watch, a lot of the future of the NBA. That would be a really fun matchup. Now, on the flip side, to go super (laughs) negative, I'm denying Frank Vogel's firing. And not like the story around his firing, because we know like Woj broke the story. It's seemingly before Frank Vogel got fired or before they told him that he had gotten fired. But he's the fall guy, Zach. He's obviously the fall guy of this. Scapegoat. Yeah. Scapegoat. And there is a lot of issues, seemingly a lot of issues with the front office, a lot of issues with removes that they could have made before the season started. Getting Kyle Lowry, one of those moves, possibly. They didn't do that. Guys they maybe could have traded at the trade deadline, maybe not getting Russell Westbrook. There's been a lot of moves that they could not have done that they ended up doing or ignoring and not doing that led them to this spot where Frank Vogel is now blamed for a really bad Lakers season. And I just got to feel bad for the guy. Like, he's he tried his best. You know, like, there's only so much you can do with the team that you have when LeBron James is on your team because he's going to be your de facto coach. So he's the fall guy. I'm just denying that whole situation. I think it's really crappy with the way they the Lakers treated him. And the whole scenario around that team just seems like it's really been bad for them. Well, you always know. I always say these two words. Context matters. And so for Frank Vogel, yeah, he got scapegoated. Definitely, He definitely got scapegoated because, you know what I'm saying, the roster. But this is what I'm not going to allow people to do either. They're not. You can blame LeBron. But don't blame LeBron off his performances because when he went out there to perform and play for the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James did what he had to do, like did what he was supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Like like good 90 percent of the time, LeBron did what he was supposed to do when he was on the floor when healthy. 
Now, LeBron in year 19, so he's not as healthy. So he's missed, he missed quite a few games this season. But Anthony Day to Day Davis, he ain't been healthy since they left the bubble and probably before that. Hasn't really been healthy a lot throughout his career. Great talent. We know that all world. You know what I'm saying? Top five when healthy. You know what I mean? When he wants to play down low, when he wants to be physical, when he wants to be. Because if he wants to be, he can be the best player in the NBA. People know this. Like people know wholeheartedly know that Anthony Davis can be the best player in the league if he was more physical, if he was only more physical. But he doesn't do that. And so you got to go around with what he wants. And if I'm a coach, I would do that, bro. Get on the block. Get 17, 18 feet in and do what you're supposed to do. You afraid of contact because of the injuries you sustained before? We can't have that. But GM LeBron bid. When he put the GM hat on this time over the summer, didn't go too well. He didn't do it right. You know what I'm saying? It didn't work out well. You know what I'm saying? DeRozan, you know what I'm saying? You heard it. I think he wanted another year and they didn't get, like, do what you're supposed to do. Come on, man. Then the whole time around Lou becoming the coach and y'all tried to pick his staff. Like, come on, y'all. Y'all got to do better. Like, there's so many Rob Palenka in February not making any moves. That's going to hurt the team. So how can you blame the coach for that? And the only thing he could do is roll out the ball with the roster he has. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was he was definitely scapegoated, Frank Vogel. Yeah, it just seems like a bad situation, and there's so much we could talk about the Lakers that is just laughable, and everything surrounding that organization, what happened this past year. So we'll have to see how they rebound over the summer, what moves they make, because there's, uh, I think there's five or six guys that are still, they need to pay a lot of money. They just got Lou Aldang off the payroll, finally, <laughs> in the year 2022, Lou Aldang was still getting paid. So they've got uh, they've got some moves to make to, to get to, to become a better team. Uh, you've got something that you are denying. Yes, I am denying that your boy is going to get a first round exit in the playoffs. And that will be your boy, Nikola Jokic, who we've been talking about majority of this podcast, people I know. So you so you're saying he will be the Nuggets will lose in the first round or you're okay. He's going to he will not receive any playoff success despite being the MVP. So I wish I really wish you remember when Dirk Nowitzki won MVP and they lost. Yes. And he lost in the first round. He still he had to go go out there and get the trophy in the second round, and he was out yep. of there. Yeah, that's going to be Nikola Jokic. And I wow. wish they still did it just like that so he could be holding up a trophy, wearing jeans and a T-shirt, as <laughs> opposed to a pregame full suit uniform. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what's going to take place. Now, on the flip side of that, I will say this. You can prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Nikola Jokic. Go out there and beat the Warriors. Do it. Bro, you're going to be the you're going to be the, the second best player on the floor. We know when Steph's going to return, but I'm I'm pretty confident he's not going to be 100. You know percent We no. were talking about this uh, throughout the throughout the day at work. Like I don't believe Steph's going to be 100 percent coming back. And bro, that's a foot injury. And Wardale, Stephen Curry does a whole lot of running around on the floor, off ball screens, moving without the ball. Like he just moves so much. That's a lot on that foot. You know what I mean? All the, the cuts, the jack, like it's just so much, I think, on that foot with him returning. I just don't think he's going to be 100%. The bright thing for them, though, the Warriors, is that Klay Thompson is heading into the playoffs coming off a pretty a pretty good performance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 38 ball or something like that. And so you hope 
if you're you, <laughs> Mr. Free Me, <laughs> you hope Nikola Jokic is able to handle his business against the Golden State Warriors, but I smell the first round exit. Woo! Hey, if he if they win that series, that's my get out of jail free card right there. I get absolutely. I get I get to go free if he wins that series. But, <laughs> but if they I'm lose, pushing. I'm screwed. I'm out of luck there. I'm I'm in jail for the next summer. That's not good. Um, all right, let's do your game of the week. And you got plays. I will add one play at the end that I uh, really like, but it's all you for your play of the week. Oh, we. So I know we've been struggling. We are at 500 people. <laughs> the Bulls let me down last week. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough crowd out here, man. But we going to bounce right back. You know what I'm saying? No parlay this week. But you can actually parlay this if you want to. If you're feeling like a parlay player, you can <laughs> definitely parlay this. But now, this play-in is going to be super exciting for all four games. But the game that I really like the most is the one I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And that is the Atlanta Hawks versus the Charlotte Hornets. I like the Atlanta Hawks to win this game in the money line. And if you really feeling fancy, Ben, if they feeling fancy, listen, people, I would take the under because I don't believe there's going to be a lot of scoring. I think the possessions get a lot tighter in this game because it's a one game winner go home type game. I don't think they're going to be running up and down and maybe getting a lot of turnovers or anything like that. I think they're going to slow it down just a tad. Game will probably be somewhere around 220. You know what I'm saying? Somewhere up in there, 224, somewhere up in there, not 236. I think that's a little <laughs> extreme. Yeah, that's that's so, high. So Atlanta Hawks on the money line versus the Charlotte Hunters for Zach's game of the week. I like it. I, I'll ride that under with you, and I like the, the Hawks to, to win that game. Maybe I'll do Hawks money line and the under. There you go. Parlay together. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, you doing that, and I'm gonna make sure you do it too. I'm, I'm gonna do it. And be hovering right over you. You make that parlay. <laughs> right? you do it? I hope so. I'll do it. That's be perfect. I'll do that. Now, my play of the week of the next day of the day would be the <laughs> Los Angeles Clippers. Let's ride them first half, Zach. Let's go first half. Let's go. Let's go Clippers money line. First half. Let's first be half. bold here. Money line first half to the LA Clippers at plus oh, twenty five. Oh, you getting seduced by the juice? <laughs> well, seduced by the juice. I'm you getting excited. If you 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 can't you got seduced by <laughs> no one can see you don't get seduced by the juice. <laughs> I really really like the Clippers first half. They have been the best team in the NBA in first half scoring margin since Paul George has That's come back. Mm. Their last three games, Zach, they are plus 19 in first half scoring margin. Ooh, That's insane. No, that That's mind-blowing. Nice. And they were, when he came back the first like three or four games, they were like plus 24. So this is a team that comes to play in the first half of games. They outscore their opponents more in the first half when they're on the road, too, than when they're oh. at home. So I'm going to ride the Clippers if you're – if you don't feel as bold, do them plus one and a half for the first half. But I'm riding money line for the Clippers with plus money, seduced by the juice. You're wearing that live on the line shirt. You got to do the <laughs> shoulders with seduced by the juice. I'm all in on the clips. There you have it, folks. And that's going to conclude this edition of Points in the Paint podcast presented, as always, by Stadium. And make sure you follow us at Points Paint on Twitter, on Facebook, and even on Instagram. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel and see these lovely faces as we drop the full episode of Points in the Paint on YouTube. And don't forget, folks, catch inside the association with my main man, Cameron Smith. 
Shams and Pat Garrity, you know what I say. You know they running the hee-hee, the three-man weave out there, man. So make sure you catch that every Thursday and listen to Sharp Lessons. My main man, Nate Jacobson and Ben Wittenstein, for all your betting tips and betting strategies and plays that are going on throughout the week. And take, don't lie. With our boy Michael Felder giving you all things football. Hey, the NFL draft is getting pretty close. And he's dropping them clips on those NFL prospects. So you better catch him on Twitter. And you will hear from us, Zach and Ben, Ben and Zach, next week.